Hi, and welcome to the Yes Mama podcast. A yes mama is one who loves being a mom, who is in it to have the best time with their kids, to raise confident and happy and successful and resilient kids. And here at the Yes Mama podcast, we do that through intimate conversations with moms and sometimes dads about the best ways that we've found simple yet effective parenting methods that have helped our kids to really thrive. So even just by being here, you're doing such a great job by showing up, taking this hour out of your day to be a better parent shows how much you care. So great job. Thanks for being here. Here we go. Hey, Yes Mamas. I just wanted to jump on quick and give you a little intro for today's episode. Bianca is a wife and a mother, and a business owner, someone who decided that she just didn't want to be home late and have nannies pick up her kids from school. She knew that there had to be a better way. And I know that we all don't have a choice about exactly how we work and where we work, or if we work in the home or out of the home, we're all working. If we are moms, we are working. So I thought her story was just so interesting, and I had her on, and I know you're going to love it too. But the one thing that I really do know, above the fact that we are all working all the time, is that our mornings are magic. Your morning is where you can decide how your day is going to go. Your morning is when you wake up and say, you know what? I'm going to use my power to make my day the best day it can be. And then that can spill out onto other people. So I created a little freebie, my gift to you, so that you can start your day off right and then show up from your kids in the best way. So head on over to Instagram, yes.mamailana, Y-E-S dot M-A-M-A-I-L-A-N-A. Go to the little link tree in there, the little link in bio, and get that freebie and let me know how it goes. You know, I just put a whole bunch of ideas in there. You can mix and match your morning. You got to figure out what works for you. There's definitely no one size fits all. But what I do know is starting your day off right means that your day is off to the right start. So here we go. Please enjoy this episode with Bianca. I'm so happy you're here. Okay. Hello and welcome to the Yes Mama podcast. I am so lucky to be sharing my time here today with Bianca, who is a mom. And we were just talking about before this that moms are moms and we all have the same experience and we all are going through the same kind of stuff. Why don't we start with, well, we'll start with where I met you in a second, but how old are your kids, boys, girls? Let us know. Where are you in your mom journey? Yes. My son is seven and my daughter is six. So they are 17 months apart. Wow. Okay. So, yeah. Is first and second grade? That is kinder because of her birthday. You know, she had to skip or not skip, but she was like held back, held back, yeah. you know, just the birthday. Know, the way I, she's a November girl. I totally get that. Yeah. Exactly. So November girl. Exactly. So she's, so now she's kinder and he's second. Okay. So yeah, you're in it. You are fully in it. it. Yes. (laughs) And one of the best things about that age and and one of the things we try to do here on the podcast is think of your goal for what you want it to look like 10 years from now, Mm -hmm. 15 years from now, the day they get dropped off at college, you know, how you want your relationship to be the kind of motherhood, you know, journey that you want to have and really choose that and kind of like build it backwards. So you are the perfect candidate to be here today. So thank you again for your hour. 
um, and making sure that you had this time to talk. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes, so, thank you. Yeah, we're gonna start with where I know you from, and that is my favorite place to go every two or three weeks to get my nails done at Bella Cures in Westlake. So you're a business owner. Yes. Yeah, working yeah. mom. <laughs> yeah. That's your kind of theme on here. I always try to like have a theme, but then we end up talking about a million other things. But you are my president working mom. Tell me how you chose this specific line of work and how did how did it all come about? Because you you don't even live up here. So tell me all about it. No. How did it all happen? Okay, so I mean, my background is in TV advertising sales, and I did that for almost 20 years. And so, you know, local TV stations, um, CBS and KCAL and KTLA and all these local news stations. So I sold advertising for, for TV stations. And, you know, it's corporate America. And, you know, <laughs> I don't know, 10, 12, maybe 10 years into it, I'm burning out. I met my husband at work. We're starting to build a family and you just, we, we were working together. And the first thing was, well, we can't work together forever. So what am I going to do? Cause he was getting promoted and he was moving up and I wasn't, even though I tried. And so, you know, they say you get redirected, you know, you have a plan and you have a certain path you want to go on. It doesn't quite work out how you want it to. So you keep getting redirected. Well, I was redirected a lot. <laughs> and so I was like, well, what am I going to do? I don't want to keep doing this. I kind of burnt out. I kind of wasn't making, I'm very ambitious and I wasn't making the moves that I thought I should be making and that I was capable of making and nobody saw it in me, but I knew it was in me. And long story short, I was a customer of the Bella Cures in Studio City and mm -hmm. I loved it so much. And I don't know, I just started paying attention to the staff and I started paying attention to the technicians and their pregnant and having families and building lives. And I go, oh my God, that would be so cool to provide you know, this kind of livelihood, like this is so interesting to me because I have no background. I'm not a nail technician. I, I don't know. I get my nails done. That's it. I'm a customer, you know, right. and, and you haven't run a business before and the, all everything that goes into that. No. And I mean, with sales, you do your own budgeting, you do your own prospecting, you do your own projecting. So I had a little bit of that, but certainly like my desk was my business, but mm -hmm. like my book of business, but it wasn't it wasn't the same thing. And I'm one of 12 people doing the same thing on a team as opposed to like, this is, everything is up to me now. And so over time, I, I loved my experience in Studio City and I saw on their website that they franchise. And I was like, that's wild and crazy. And like, I could never do that in a million years, but like, why not just like, you know, think about it. And I brought it up to my yeah. husband. And of course he's like, are you crazy? You have a great salary and benefits and like, what are you doing? <laughs> like why? And I'm like, I can do this. I can do this. I mean, honestly, over probably six years of conversations and it wasn't a pushy thing. It just was like, it kept coming up and it kept coming up. And I was like, I want to do this. I want to do this. How can I do this? And long story short, actually, I, I had a plan to do it, but I didn't know the time frame specifically, but my dad was diagnosed with brain cancer in 2019. Mm -hmm. And you know how those kinds of things just change your trajectory forever in in every way possible. And he you need to wake, up um, wake up call and like, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to spend my time doing this anymore. I don't love it. I'm not passionate about it. I really want to do what I've been trying to do for seven years now. And I'm just going to do it. And God bless my husband because he's really big on bet on yourself. 
And if you can't bet on yourself, who else, who are you going to bet on? And let's do it. And so I guess over time, he kind of was like, okay, kind of, you know, and I said, well, what if I can make more money than what I'm making now? And what, I mean, the, the possibilities are endless. Like, let's not think limited. Let's think like, if it's on me, I'm going to take it all the way. I'm going to take it all the way. I already know myself. And so he was on board. My dad was sick. He passed nine months after he was diagnosed. And during that time, trying to, you're reassessing everything. And at some point I was at CBS at this point. I, I mean, God love people at CBS, but I just was not happy. And I had a great management team. It was not them, but I just, it wasn't for me. And I wanted to take time off to spend with my dad because I knew he wouldn't have a lot of time left. And I quit in February of 2020 with my plan was spend time with my dad over summer and then hopefully start working on opening the salon in the fall. But February 2020 is actually right before. Yeah. Yeah. Right before COVID. Right before COVID. Had no idea, obviously. (laughs) And so And then my dad, so I did that. I saw, I got a good two weeks with him and then COVID hit in March. Two weeks, I was there every day. I was hanging out. We were playing Scrabble. We were talking or just like spending time, which is what I wanted. And then by April, 2020, he passed. I mean, it went so fast and then COVID. So everything was put on hold. Everything was delayed, but I never, you know, the logistics of finding a place and a lease and a location and this and that, that was put on hold, but I kept in touch with the company because that was my intention. And that's what I really wanted to do. And I'm going to do this. And early 2021, I think, you know, the vaccines were starting to come out and people were starting to get vaccinated and it was starting to feel a little bit okay to kind of come out again. And Mm -hmm. they said, okay, I think you should start looking for a lease. And I think you'd get a good deal because a lot of businesses had closed, unfortunately. And so let's start looking. That was February, 2021, March, 2021. I signed the lease. And the way that I landed on Westlake was I want the perfect location and I'm willing to drive a little further if it's the right one. Like being down the street, well, Studio City, they already have one. So I couldn't do that. But I was like Encino, Woodland Hills. I just, I kind of just, just cast a wide net and I just kind of looked at a few locations and I saw Westlake and yes, it's a drive, but it's perfect. I mean, it's next door to dry bar. It's the parking is amazing. I mean, there's everything there. Yeah. And so, yeah, I signed that lease by for a mom who lives there. It's the perfect, like get your nails done and then go to lunch. Like there's so many good lunch places. There's stores in there. Like, yeah, it is a really perfect location. So that's awesome. It came up. Yeah. It just worked out and it was a nail salon before. I was there. So kind of the infrastructure was already there where it wouldn't cost, it wouldn't cost me an arm and a leg to renovate. I really just had to do like cosmetic uh, renovations. So it just felt right. And it just made sense to me. And, you know, when things fall into place, you know, it's a sign. And so I just kind of followed it and I went with it. I'm like, Oh oh my gosh. Okay. We're going to sign the lease. Okay. We're going to do this. Like scared to death. And that was March and I was open by August, 2021. So it's been like over a year and a half now. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And how was that the first, first of all, absolutely betting on yourself. Well done. And the whole, you know, thing that you say, you know, universe closing doors and a new path opens up and you kind of had that vision in your mind of what you wanted it to be and what you wanted your life 
to be and look like. You know, one of the things that I love about seeing you in there is when that clock strikes two or whatever it is, you are out the door. And I know that you are going to get in that pickup line. And so you've built this life where, I mean, I don't know what time at your old business you could leave if you could go and pick up your kids from school, but you've built this life where you can be a working mom and also be the mom who's in the pickup line, you know? And that's amazing. Yeah. What came, many things come out, came out of COVID, but like, you know, the four of us, me and my husband and the two kids were together every single day and that served some people well and it didn't for others and, you know, things happen. But for us, we are thick as thieves. We are, I mean, we enjoy, we had a picnic out in the backyard every day for lunch. Like we just, my husband was working from home, but no, like if you remember pre-COVID, nobody was working from home. Like it was straight nine to five and or nine to six and then entertaining a lot of clients after work so it's basketball games at staples center it's dinners it's lunches it's all these things and so what i realized during covid because i wasn't working and i was just with my kids helping them with well my son was kinder at the time so zoom on you know kinder on zoom is amazing <laughs> so it's crazy. It's like how much time i lost that my nanny was spending with them and raising them that's really what I realized during COVID was like, oh my gosh, like we'd have a nanny come pick them up from preschool or, you know, at that time at three or four o'clock and then stay with them, make dinner and then stay with them till six, six thirty till we got home. We're exhausted. And so then we get an yeah. hour with them maybe before bedtime. And then that was it. Yeah. So when you're in it, you don't know any different, right? You're just, you're doing what you think you're supposed That's to be cool. doing and it happens. But I'm like all the time I wasted, like letting my nanny raise that, raise them to a certain extent. And I said, well, this uh, opening the salon had already appealed to me, but I hadn't really thought of it from that perspective outside of just, well, I'll have more flexibility. I'll have a flexible schedule, but yeah, like I'm out the door. If I can train my girls in the front to run it the way I want them to, or with the way I want to, then I am at peace when I leave and I can go then be with my, my kids. Now, does it mean I'm not on my phone, like texting them because something popped up that needs to be resolved? Of course, like it's not a nine to five anymore. It's a 24 seven, you know, but I try and maintain those boundaries. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I, I really do love that, that you had this idea in the back of your mind for a long time that this might be cool and maybe I'll do this and I'll go that way. But when it really came to it, it really sounds like it was an intentional I want to be home with my kids and I want to see this schedule and I also want to do this for me. And so it really did turn turn out to be the best for everyone. I mean, I'm sure that your yes. kids love that you're the one picking them up after school yes. and, and doing all this. So really building it kind of from the ground up. And while we both understand that not everyone can just open their own business and that's how they can do it, but really building an intentional life of, I know I chose being a teacher because the same thing, I wanted to have the same holidays as my kids. I wanted to have the same summer break as my kids. I, right. I knew before I picked that job that I wanted to be there for all those things. And so there are mm -hmm. ways and jobs that you can build your life to be the, that mom that, that you want to be. Not everyone can. And I, we see you and we hear you, the moms that do have nannies who are yeah. even putting their kids to bed. You know, there's, there's some jobs that are all the time, but also there's ways to, to be creative, right? 
and, and find yeah, other I mean, ways. You know, I, yeah, I would like to acknowledge the moms who don't have the option to like have the flexibility of their schedule and have to work the nine to five or the nine to six or whatever hours, the weekends, the nights, whatever you have to do. Absolutely. It's not easy for everybody. And I'm lucky and I'm blessed. And I, you know, and I recognize the privilege that I have that I was able to fund this thing myself and to like build it up and to create it in a set, in a way that I, I envisioned. Um, yeah. And so it's not easy for everybody to do that. And a hundred percent, I acknowledge that. Yeah. And no, I, I'm not, I, I'm not I had, to... yes. Go ahead. No, I was, oh, just I was gonna saying, say, like I you... had, you know, you've seen it from both ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's hard both ways. Like no matter how you slice it, being a parent is, <laughs> is really hard. But you just do what fits your family and you do what, you know, you can within the confines of whatever your life is and you make it work. I had two criteria that I wanted that I had in my mind of like, this is this is how I know I'm going to that this is where I'm going to like, this is what was like, I made it, you know, like this is what really matters to me. I want to wear tennis shoes every day. <laughs> and if you know me, I got my tennis shoe collection. If you, whenever you come in, tennis shoes, absolutely. <laughs> that's my thing. I want to wear my tennis shoes every day. And I want to be able to pick my kids up from school, like, and not at six 30 and not at six o'clock, not the nanny doing it. I wanted to do it myself. I wanted to be available for those things and I'm doing it now. And I'm so thankful for it because those are the two things I cared about. You know, of course the money or this or that are all these like bells and whistles, but those are the two things that I were important to me. Yeah. And to give gratitude for that at this point, absolutely. To kind of look, and it's so funny to look at, there were so many years that you were like, yeah, that's right for me. I want to do that. And it, it just wasn't the right time for whatever reason to, to jump mm -hmm. in and do it. But it's, it sounds like kind of in the back of your mind, you knew that, right. You knew that that's what, what you needed to go towards and, and wearing those tennis shoes every, I hear you. It's great. I couldn't imagine wearing real clothes. Every <laughs> I just, Oh my gosh. I, I look at I'm my desk dusty office clothes and my heels, which are amazing. I love my heels. I'm a shoe girl. And I just like, mm, can't do it. Not doing it anymore. You know, exactly. uh -uh. any advice from that, you know, your old lifestyle. So from people who do have nannies that are picking up their kids and you're not getting home till six or six 30, is there anything that worked well or that made you feel at peace knowing that, you know, there's someone great and safe at home with your kids, but what made that functional? What made that work? I mean, my, my husband is a great partner and that's huge. I mean, he does so much and he's so supportive and he's such a great dad. And I always say, if he listens to this, I, I always say this to everybody. I, I when I get an opportunity, the, if I did one thing right in my life is pick my, a dad for my kids. And that's he's, right. It's fantastic. So having a good partner always helps. Mm -hmm. But I think it's really like whatever time you get home, if it's 6.30, if it's 7.30 and you have a long night, it's put the phone down and just go lay yes. with them. You know, yes. and I still struggle with that, but put the phone down and go lay with them. And I mean, it does wonders for your connection and just making up for lost time. They just want your attention. They just want the closeness, you know, they just want your, your snuggle. They want to hear your voice. You know, I think it works. Yeah. It, it goes a long way. 
It goes a long way and it, it, it talks to something that I talk about a lot, which is co-regulating. So if, and, and it's sometimes it's for you and it's sometimes it's for them. You know, if you're coming home, you've had this really up day that you've been going and going and going and you can walk in the door and they are laying down and then you lay down with them and they've been chilled for a little while. It can calm you down too. It's, so it's this whole, like, let's get back to the same place and have that connection. I'm a huge proponent of touch. So I loved how you yep. said, like, let's lay down with them. I'm sure there's, you know, a back rub or a snuggle or something, you know? Yep. There's also the, when you walk in the room, have a big smile on your face, right? Let them know that yes, they're like, they, happy to see them. Delight. Right? Yeah. Delight in their presence. Delight in their presence. I always, when I go, you know, wake up in the morning and we go downstairs or I see them in the morning. If I, if I happen to sleep in and I go downstairs on a Sunday morning and they're there, I am like, you know, I mean, I'm just, I, and it's genuine. I'm just like, good morning. I also, I probably got extra sleep, so I'm rested. <laughs> but exactly. you know, I, I always try to delight in their presence because I want them to know how, how, how full my heart feels when I see them. You know? Absolutely. And that's just imprinting. I mean, they, they will feel that that gets stored in their body. They know they're loved. It's that whole basis of if they feel safe and loved and supported at home, then they can go out into the world and be brave yes. out there. You know, there's, I had a discussion yes. with someone about, you know, there's a parenting style that I need to be hard and tough with my kids so that they will learn how to do that out in the world. And I think it's exactly the opposite. I think you need to be so loving and so close and so in there together that they know they have someone that loves them so I can go out and be brave. There's times that they're going to have hard times. There's going to be bullies in their, in their life. There's going to be other things. You're not the place for that. You know, you're no. the place for them to, to feel loved and safe. And, you know, it's even, you know, okay, so you have a boy, a little boy. I think more boys with girls and maybe this is coming up in my mind where you're saying, I love you so much, but I don't necessarily love how you're acting right now. You know, not that it's not with little girls too, but I find with boys sometimes if they get, they get rough or they get, I don't know. And you just, I mean, I, I always love, I just don't love exactly what you're doing right now. You know, my literally my daughter said that to me last night. Cause she, cause she was, she's sassy and I love her sass but can border on a disrespect. And that's where I have to teach her about how, you know, she's going to talk to me. And it was just a frustrating bedtime last night. And I said, okay, you know what? I'm just not going to lay with you tonight. You're not being respectful. And so I'm just, oh my God. And then she just does a whole thing. And then she walks over. She knows she's wrong. And she comes over and she goes, you don't like me. And I said, uh oh, mm -hmm. <laughs> I never said that. I said, I never said that. I don't like how you're behaving right now. It's very different. Exactly. I do like you and I love you, but it's two different things. But it's so funny that you say that because that was literally last night and I had to correct it. We're separating the behavior from the person, you know? Exactly. Exactly. So I didn't mean to make it about boys. It's definitely girls too. So I take that back. Completely. <laughs> the sassy girls, the sassy girls too. The sassy girls. And then how did you deal with it? So after you had that loving conversation of it is, it's not that I don't like you, it's the behaviors. Did you give her a chance to reboot and you came back in and laid with her? Or how did you finish that? How did you get out of that yeah, skid? So, so what did I do? So, oh my God, I was so frustrated. <laughs> she just, it's, it's a lot. It's, I know. 
So she, so then I feel bad, you know, cause she's like, you don't like me, but, but she's smart and she, I, she knows what she, she, I mean, she's six, but she's smart. And, and so I'm like, oh, yeah. uh, we're not going to do that. And I said, I, I didn't, I never said that. I said, I don't like your behavior. I said, I feel like you're being very disrespectful to me. And I think you need to, um, try to speak to me in a more respectful way. So you want to try it again. So let's try it again. What are you trying to say to me? Try it again. And she knows though, you know, she's just trying to get away with it. And, and so she did it. And then she goes, will you lay with me now? And I said, you know what, yes. go put on, your, put on your pajamas, go brush your teeth. Like I asked, and I will come in in a few minutes and I'll lay with you. And she skips away and she's fine. And, and we carried on. So it was, you know, I try and I'm very communicative because you touched on like the old school way of parenting, which is very hardcore, you know, obedience, blind obedience and discipline. And that's how my mom raised me. And I did not want to repeat that. I wanted to, it was, it's not just do it because I said so. It's because of X, Y, Z. I take the extra time to explain because I treat them like I respect them. I respect them as individuals and human beings. It doesn't mean they get to run the show. It just means I want you to understand why and where I'm coming from. And so I gave her an opportunity, explained it to her. I gave her an opportunity to try it again and in, in the way that I know she knows how to speak to me. And then we were fine in the end. We got a little snuggle in and she was passed out in five minutes and it was, it was fine. Yeah. And you did two things so well right there. And I'm going to, I almost have to write down the notes to make sure I don't forget the second one. But I, I love how you were able to just kind of set that boundary of, I'm going to remove myself if you're speaking to me this way. I know mm -hmm. you can be better and do better. I am the adult in the room. Thank you very much. You're not mm -hmm. going to talk to me that way, but I do still love you. And, and mm -hmm. kids, you know, I, I'm sure you see it with their kids, friend, your kids' friends. There are some households that the kids run the show, you know, that they are completely wild and out of control. And so what you're talking about with, with all of us trying to have different parenting experiences than what we were raised with. There's so much generational trauma that we're all trying to like get out of. I'm of the generation where we were just ignored, you know, like, ah, do whatever you want to do. Like, are you yeah. still up there in five maybe? And then you know, the one right after, <laughs> oh, then the helicopter parenting and all that. And so now I, I feel like there's so much that we're all trying to sift and sort and figure out what's right. And you're right. The communication is just the key, the why of it all, you know, why will I not let you be mean to me, you know, to, to narrow it down to make it into yeah. a simple thing? Well, because no, I'm going to, I know it's the cheesy language, but set that boundary of, I'm, I don't accept you treating me this way, you know, just the well, because you're also, you're teaching them how to treat you, but you're also teaching them how, how they should be treated as well. So, I mean, at some point they're going to look at themselves and they're going to look at me or she's going to look at me and say, well, my mom, no, she's not tolerating this and I shouldn't tolerate this either. And that's the goal, I guess, is to set boundaries so your your boundaries are respected. And exactly. people just don't treat because yes, I have seen those kids and they are not welcome in my house. <laughs> yeah. It's well, and it's sad, and I and I wonder where those moms are coming from because are they just they want to be loved so much that they're willing to let their kids do whatever because they're they're afraid of breaking that bond or you know I, I'll have to talk to one sometime to understand it because there there's so many things it you're right it doesn't help your kid to learn how to deal with other people there's no way she can speak that way to her teacher at school that's not going to go over well 
when you get five, seven, 10 years into it, and she has all kinds of her woman hormones going on, it's going to be 10 times worse. So you better nip it in the bud now or else, holy moly, you're going to have a tough conversation. And so you really, it's, there's so many reasons why at this age that she is, you laying down that like loving, but Mm -hmm. respectful, I'm the parent boundary is just so huge. I mean, it's everything. Mm -hmm. Also, kids want to know that you're in charge. They don't want to be in charge. They're going to test that. They're going to test all those boundaries, but they don't want to be in charge. You know, right. they don't feel yeah. safe. And so it, it is kind of showing them that, yeah, there's an adult in the room. You're okay. I got you. I mean, yeah. And you know how many times she calls me a meanie and I'm like, okay. And so I imagine that like, all right, I'll be meanie. It's fine how many, you know, it's, it's the harder thing to do to address it, communicate, set the boundary. And so I wonder if some of those moms that you, you know, that you referred to that just kind of let it go, they're tired and they don't have the tools. They just don't know. Because I think at the end of the day, we're us moms and dads are exhausted. And so it's just so much energy, but you, but it doesn't matter. These are your kids. I'm sending these human beings into the world and it, it matters. And so I know I'm tired and I know I'm frustrated and I know I'm like, and again, God love my husband because he's in it with me. We're on the front lines together and we're, we, we do it together and we address it, but I get it. It's easier just to like, okay, all right, whatever you say and just let it go. But you're doing them such a disservice when you don't you really address are. it, you know, you really because it is going to turn yeah. into a bigger issue down the line. Like you said, teenagers and even adults, like entitlement, no boundaries, just no respect for other people's boundaries. And it's a problem. And so I am like so committed to like sending these little people out into the world as good, kind human beings. That's all I care about is thoughtful, considerate, kind human beings. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do my best. (laughs) And And you are, and you are, you're showing up as your best for her. And it's obviously the fact that she did want you to come back in and snuggle at the end Again, she was just testing you. She was just seeing what yep. she could get away with. It did such a great job that she wanted that snuggle at the end, you know? Mm-hmm. And I don't think there's anything worse than having not reconnected and then you going to bed and, and rethinking it and playing it in your mind and then you don't sleep well. So the way that you were able to keep yourself calm and do that repair and reconnect is huge. And maybe we should just, you know, take a second and public service announcement of, of how how to do that. Right. Because first of all, you can't react the way you want to. Like, you know, even when she calls you a meanie, there are times that I've wanted to snap back at my kids. There are times that I have snapped back at my kids. We all have had that moment where we lost our temper or whatever. But that repair is huge. And the and the not right way, but an effective way to apologize to show them how they can do it as well. So mm-hmm. is there is there like a specific way that that you get yourself through that or as I tell pre- my husband when he <laughs> pushes my buttons like he likes to do <laughs> I say, "You know what? You're lucky I meditated this morning. You're lucky I meditated this morning <laughs> cuz I meditate every day. I do breath work. I'm a Reiki practitioner and I have to my tool bag is robust." And I started this before I had kids and I have to acknowledge the fact that it has empowered me so much to take that pause 
you know, and, and think through how I'm going to do this. And I will say, you know, growing up the way that I did, there was a lot, my mom did, did good, but there's a lot that she didn't, that I'm still working through as you touched upon with generational trauma, but I just don't want my kids to feel how I felt. And I'm, it's so top of mind for me. And Mm -hmm. so any opportunity that I can do it different, I will do mm-hmm. it. So I ha- I am like all about communication and I do apologize to them. I do. I I lose my cool and once I'm calm, take a deep breath, do my thing and then I go back and I circle back and I say, "Hey, I'm I'm sorry I shouldn't have said that or I'm sorry I shouldn't have yelled at you. I love you so much. I just got frustrated and mama will do better. Mama will work on it and mama will do better." And yeah. oh my gosh, if I would have gotten an apology from my mom, <laughs> like for all the time I, she lost her cool, you know, oh my yeah. gosh, I don't even know where we'd be today, but you know, that's neither here nor there. Yeah. So that's kind of what I do is I tap into the tools and the tool bag. Showing up as your best self and doing mm-hmm. all those things that you're talking about, which I don't know how I didn't know that about you. Cause that's totally what I, what I preach. And I have on this podcast on Mondays, I do mindset Mondays, which is like a 15 way to meditate, like something to think about that you can journal on, whatever this week was Kavu, which is clear above visibility unlimited. So just remembering that even if you're having a tough day, if there's, you know, something hard in your life, whatever, the sun is always shining right above Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. Don't forget that it's there. So every Monday I've been doing that to just try to help people that, that don't know how amazing it is. I mean, you have to have awareness of how you're feeling and, and, when you've been triggered or else you're just running on autopilot all the time and meditation, even if it's only a couple minutes is really just the number one way to like sink back into your body so that you are aware when you got triggered by your kid, when you got triggered by something that happened at work when, and you can be able to show up as your best self in those moments. Yes. You know, yes. right. Yes, absolutely. And I love that you do that. And that is very fitting for the week I'm having so far. <laughs> Kabu, I need to I need a journal on that because that is that's beautiful and that's awesome. Um, but yeah, I mean, I the the power of meditation is just getting to know yourself and and recognizing your triggers. And so when I get triggered, I am very clear on if it's a me thing or a them thing. <laughs> and I usually it's that's me. True. Yeah, no, and I, it's a me thing. You know. Yeah. 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 And then, and then if you realize that there really is something that's big, that's in there. So, um, Gabor Mate, his whole thing about triggers is, you know, if you think about even just the meaning of the word, it comes from this weapon, right. And that has, there has to be gunpowder in the weapon for the trigger to be pulled. Like the trigger mm. itself is just a little piece of metal. That's not a big deal. Yeah. But something has to be in there for when that little piece Mm -hmm. to go. Exactly. So power. Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. Unresolved childhood trauma, perhaps, or, you know what I mean? Whatever else I have it too so much. So I, I hear you when I see you with that, that you, if you see yourself getting triggered time and time again, and there's some of the same things, then maybe it's time to go and do a little therapy on it. Maybe it's time to go have a Reiki session and clear some of that out. Right. And, and really take that next step. Because again, if you don't show up as your best self and you're, you're as healed as you can be, because it's always layers. There's always the next layer. It's an ongoing journey. (laughs) 
right. You think you're doing so well and you've come to peace and in terms with something and then, yeah, something else comes. And yes. so, right, to be able yeah. to take those steps to to really show up as your best self. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, my dad is is not well. He's, um, well, my friends joke that he's been at the end of his life for a really long time oh, because no. he... <laughs> Well, he's, he is so strong that yeah. he, he will not let go no matter what. He really just is that, like that strong willed. Yeah. And I know for all of the trauma that I had as a kid, I not only will never get an apology, but I also will never get an acknowledgement mm-hmm. that did that. Right. And so I had to, so that I could find peace in myself. So I could find peace and work through stuff with my kids, whatever, I had to come to terms with it and just be like from his childhood. That's what he brought into being a dad. He didn't know better. I forgive you because you just didn't know better. I can love you. You know, there's a a one, I think it's, it might be the Abraham Hicks, but I'm not sure exactly who says it, but like, can you come up with anything that's wonderful about, about this, this person, right? Mm-hmm. Even someone mm-hmm. that was like, it sounds like your mom was a little hard on you. Right. So some, just a couple things that you can love about them that just have you feel a little bit happier towards them, period. Right. Yeah. He brought me into this earth. We both really love music. You know, I'm a musician by heart and you know, I, my curly hair, actually I get it from my mom and my dad. So that's yeah. both sides, but like, you know what I mean? There's a couple little things. And so then you can just have a little, you know, smile in your heart and be like, okay, well that other stuff, I'm just going to, you know, after going to therapy and working through it, thank you very much. (laughs) You know what I mean? And kind of take that ride out the other side, you know, and how to not, is there any way that you found to, to really not bring those things that happened to you into your home now, like ways that your parents spoke to you, or um, I talked to someone the other day that was talking about like teasing, right? That sometimes when you are teased at a kid, you do it without realizing, mm-hmm. you know, is there any, anything that you made a, a real point blank that you weren't going to do or anything you really had to come up, recover from? Yes. I, I did not want to spank them because I was spanked for every <laughs> possible reason. And yes. I just was my husband and I both were, you know, he was spanked too. And we just thought there has to be a better way. Like it doesn't, that doesn't really resolve anything. And there's studies out there and I don't know how, you know, I'm not, I'm not a researcher. I don't really know, but I've, I've seen about like that it causes more fear and more violence in the child when you actually spank them, it teaches them how to hit. So I'm telling you not to hit by hitting you (laughs) like, right. I mean, Exactly. It just doesn't, it's not, it, it doesn't connect for me in that way where it makes sense. So that was a big thing for me is I'm not going to spank them. I'm going to figure out another way to, to get through to them. And that was to communicate. And I still threatened to spank, but they are old enough now that they know <laughs> that I'm not probably going to spank. And they yeah. kind of laugh at me, which is a whole other conversation <laughs> because I'm like, oh, really? Oh, really? But yeah. But in the end, so that's that's what she did to me last night. And then I said, all right, I'm going to spank you. You're asking for a spanking. And then she goes, ah, ha, ha, go ahead, spank me. Ah, ha, ha. And I go, oh, my God. (laughs) Now what? Yeah. And I said, it's okay. You know what? I'm not going to lay with you tonight because you're not being very respectful towards me. And so then we had that whole conversation. And that's what worked was I'm I'm going to separate myself a little bit. I'm going to separate myself. I need some space now because you were not treating me nicely. And I'm going to do that as opposed to like, spank on the tush, which 
it hurts them. And I don't know that it really teaches anything except for them to be afraid. Right. Yeah. And it hurts you, you know, you just, hey, that doesn't help. It doesn't help anybody. No, not at all. And Good I don't want you. my kids to be afraid of me. I don't know. I don't want them to be afraid of me. I want them to know that there's consequences for yep. their actions, but that I'm a reasonable person at the end of the day. And I don't want them to be afraid to tell me something or to come to me. I can't imagine like when they're teenagers with social media in 10 years, what they're going to be faced with. And the last thing I want them to feel is fear towards me. If I find something out, if I see something or something they do that they're going to make mistakes but I, you know, yeah. they, they quote unquote, like fear my husband a little bit more than me. And I, and I think just cause he's bigger and he's got the deeper voice. I honestly think that's what it is. Cause he's like a big cuddly bear, but they're, they're you know, if, I, if something happens, they get in trouble with me and they, and they say, but are you going to tell dada? And I'm like, well, wait a second. <laughs> yeah. Are you going to tell dada? Don't tell dada. Don't. And so I've told my husband that. And he yeah. says, but I don't want them, I don't want them to fear me. Why do they do that? And I said, well, I just think because you're big and you're strong and you're dad, like dad is like, he, he doesn't yell until he is pushed all the way. I'm a little bit more quick to yell, which that's another thing I'm working on because that's also learned behavior that I am trying to work through, but I'm at least like the big one was not spanking. That was the big one. Yeah. And let me just offer you something to, to use moving forward. Anything you promise, you have to follow through on. Yeah. So don't even, you can't even threaten it anymore. Because no. if you if you say it could happen, right? I have, I'm actually going through this on the total other end. So this is yeah. how silly it can be with don't promise and then not follow through. My daughter wanted a puppy for graduation. She's mm -hmm. graduating in six weeks. She's like, when's my puppy showing up? If I promised it, it's going to show up. I'm going to end up with two dogs, I'm sure. But yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. right? You got to follow through on that no matter what it is. So whether it's, you know, you got to brush your teeth or I'm not going to lay down with you. You can't back down. Again, it's just that like who's in charge thing, right? Correct. So I love that you're, you're recognizing not only does it not help anybody? It doesn't help you. It doesn't help them. No. And it is, it's, I mean, it is, it's a form of abuse. Like it doesn't, and you don't, you're not creating it closer. Like there's so many times when kids are acting out that what they're actually acting out is I just need someone to understand me. You know, it's never what it's really about. Right. When, right, right. especially when they get older, it's not, you know, maybe someone was mean in them at school and they come home and they don't know how to deal with that. And they're acting out because of something that happened so long ago that they can't even, you know, explain and say, yeah, yeah, exactly. And so they need to know that you are this safe place that they can tell you everything so that when they need to later is okay. And, you know, you're going to step up. I, no. I used to have to help my kids tell important things to their dad. So I hear you on that one of like, don't tell data. And sometimes I'd be like, okay, well, let's practice. Yeah. Right. What, what's something that we can, how can we say it and it'll be okay. And I'll, and I'll be there with you. I'll sit next to you and, and we'll think, cause sometimes they're just embarrassed. Yeah. It's not that yeah. they, they're scared that he's really necessarily going to get mad. Cause you're right. We all have our limits of when we do lose it. But, but I would invite that too, of just like, let's practice. You know what? I love dad. You love dad. This is something he does kind of need to know. Mm -hmm. How do you think you could tell him? Right. And I, and I do, I ask them, why don't you want to tell yeah. them? You know, I'm curious, mm -hmm. like why? And I think that's important too, is always to be curious. I want them to be able to 
name their feelings, right? And so if they can't find the words, let's talk about it. So it's like, you know, what do you think? Number one, why? Why do you, you don't want to tell Dada why? And then what do you think he's going to do? Because I am also, this is my partner in crime, right? So it's like, I don't want you to be afraid of him. What do you think he's going to do? He doesn't spank. He doesn't barely yells. So I I want to know what they're thinking. And I want to know where they think it's going to lead. Because I'm trying to understand what this like, (gasps) you know, he's just bigger than me. But what is it? So I try to, it's more communication. You guys off each other, right? That's another little thing that little sneaky kids can do of like, they know they can tell mom one thing and tell dad the other thing. And if you say to each one of them, don't tell the other, right? Yeah, it's just a yeah, way yeah. you guys are a team, right? Yeah. You're definitely a parenting team. And I love that he's he's in there in the trenches with you. That's amazing. Yes, absolutely. So, absolutely. Yeah. So even presenting it that way of, you know what? I'm going to tell him later anyway, because I tell dad everything. So let's figure out how to tell him together and it's going to be okay. And it's just an opportunity to everyone to, to even get closer. To connect. I love yeah. That. I like that. Yeah. What else do you do for you for just self-care? Like, how do you, the whole, again, cheesy way of saying it, but it's so true. How do you fill up your cup so that you're happy and calm? So that, like you said before, like, there's a lot of moms that are just tired. And Mm -hmm. a lot of it is not just necessarily actual exhaustion. It's that they haven't done anything that lights them up in, you know, whatever way they, they... liked, you know, like doing yeah. something fun for yourself or to having an hour to go shopping or, you know what I mean? There's a million different things that it could be. What, well, how it, do you show you? It used to be getting my nails done. And that's why it was so, it mattered so much to me. Like I put my heart into this whole nail salon idea and, and experience because I wanted to, I'm so intentional with this space that I'm like, I, I, this is what I want. And I, and I, and we have meetings with the receptionist that this is the space that I want. I want peace and quiet. And it's the technicians too, because I've fired so many of them. Some you probably don't recognize because they're new and some you don't see anymore because they're not there anymore. Um, <laughs> because I, I have to pick the right people because I'm so protective of this space. And that's because I had that space when I would go get my nails done. It's just an hour. It's sometimes I don't want to talk to anybody. Like when I used to be a customer and not the, not the owner, but sunglasses on, not trying to be rude, not trying to be anything. I just don't want to talk. And I would just sit there and just, and you feel so good when you leave. You feel like, oh my gosh, like I, I, it's like a little, you know, renewal, a little renewal that you get with the hands and the feet. Right. And so for me now, I'm, I've actually been like this for a while, but I'm really big on self-help and personal growth. And so I'm always in a workshop. Okay always yes. in a workshop because I'm always trying to better myself as a mom, as a, an owner, as a businesswoman, as a wife. I'm always trying to, I was a psychology major in college and I wanted to get my PhD and be a clinical therapist and, you know, again, redirection. <laughs> and so it didn't happen, but I have that in me where I'm always trying to understand myself mm-hmm. and other people mm-hmm. and like, why did, why are they doing this and what triggered them or what triggered me? And like, I just want the deeper understanding so that I can yes. perhaps make peace with it, perhaps gr- like learn and grow from it and just better myself. So, so my husband makes fun of me cause I'm always in some kind of online workshop, like trying to learn something, trying to always better mm-hmm. myself. That's to me is self self care because it's not, it's not work. It's, it's something I love to do and it's only helping me to be a better person. So it, it really is fulfilling, you know? For sure. And it's also such a, 
whatever the opposite of ego places is such an unego place of that, that I always can be better. There's always room for improvement in whatever different way it is. And so I'm going to seek that out. And again, anything you learn and better yourself, you're just bringing home to your kids, right? Mm -hmm. It's just, it, it really does fill you out up. So then you can kind of spare it spare extra, have extra and, and pour it out. So that's great. And you know, it's so funny you say about, about belly cures and and the energy in there, because I am so sensitive to energy. And that is my whole thing of like, I know that if I keep my energy, my vibration high and happy, that it can help other people around me. Like if you go into the grocery store and you smile at the person that's putting it out, like it might help her have a better day to go. Right. I believe in that so much that like putting out that energy, being a teacher, you know, was, was all about doing that, like keeping my vibration as high as it can. So I love, and it's so funny. And we've, we haven't had a time to talk like this, that I just want you to know that you've done that. Your, your studio, your space for someone that is really sensitive to that stuff Mm -hmm. is brilliant. And, and yeah, I come in and I usually keep my earphones in because same thing. I just want to be inside and I am listening to something, you know, that's, that's filling me up, whether it's, you know, I sometimes just do the EMDR music and just kind of space out to it, or I'm listening to someone talking to me and it's just, you really have been successful at having the space be calm and loving and the girls. Yeah. With, you know, you get the little because you walk out feeling a little prettier, but also that whole element of touch, right? Like someone rubbed your hands on your feet for a second and and someone pampered you a little bit, mm-hmm. you know? There's yeah. really something to that. And you hear it, you know, in, in like, you know, nursing homes and things when people come in and do people's hair and their nails and just get that that boost. But I think I just want you to know that that you've been successful in that. I feel it when I go in there and you've done a really great job of making it. Yeah. A little oasis for everyone that comes in. So, so it's worked and I I love it in there. Thank you. I had a, I had a moment of satisfaction. Satisfaction is a new thing I'm, I'm toying with. I have to say. That's a great word. I like that feeling of satisfaction. I don't allow myself. I'm so hard on myself that I don't allow myself to be satisfied. But last week I had a moment and I, and I told my husband and I, it was a full moon. I think it was last week we had the full moon. I sit out in the back and I look at the moon and I just kind of have a moment and I just look at the stars and I'm like, wow, if nothing else, I feel so satisfied with the space that I've created here. I I had to tweak my team. I had to tweak some of these technicians. You know, you're not going to hit the gate, like come out the gate with like everything perfect and not that it's perfect now, but it's closer to what I envisioned than when I first opened. And you have to make these changes and these changes are so hard when you have to fire somebody or you have to cut hours, you have to do this and let them know, like, this isn't it. Like you can't bring this in here. I'm very protective of the space. And so I even told the receptionist and I'm like, you know, you hire new people, you don't know what they're bringing. You don't know what they're bringing with them. And that's I, I have, I don't know if you've seen the sign that's behind the front desk about be mindful of the energy you bring into the space, but I saw that at Cedar sinai because I was doing Reiki on patients last year, and they had the sign out right in front of this elevator that I took a picture of because I said, this is brilliant. This exactly this sets the tone for how people should behave in a hospital setting, of course, but that I took it and I just used it for my space, and I just thought... 
and I, t- and I show the girls and I sh- it's in the kitchen with the technicians and I, I, so that they can read it every single day when they come in and I have it in the front for customers, but it's also for the re- receptionists and I show it to them and I'm like, read this. I want you to embody this. Do not bring your stuff from outside in here. I, I understand we're human and we have problems and I will be there for you as best as I can, but this is a business and people are paying good money to have peace and quiet. So please do not bring your stuff because these are 20 year old, 21, 22. They're going through a lot. They're trying to figure out their lives yes. and stuff is hard. And I respect that, but there's a time and a place and it's not here. <laughs> and so I'm very like specific about that. So you're right. thank there's you for saying whole, that. There's a whole thing. You're not, yeah. You're not just coming in to just get your nails done and walk out. And there's a million places that you can do that. There are places that you know, are, are busier and louder and have like, like your place smells really fresh and clean too. I don't know how you keep the fresh air going through, but that's another thing that you do so well in there that it's, it always, it's, it doesn't have that nail smell at all. It's just Mm -hmm. clean and fresh. And so the energy and the air and the way everything's clean is another good word. Like everything is purposeful. Right. And so it, it's, and so then you have to be purposeful with, your energy and and what you're bringing into it for sure. And 100%, how does that circle back to being a mom? And how are you presenting yourself and how are you going to shift that energy as you walk into your home or pick up your kids at the end of the day or whatever it is that you're going to see them next? I mean, it's everything, right? It's everything. Yeah. And there's always opportunity to reset, right? So like we, you know, the mornings, right? The mornings are, woo. The mornings can be rough and um, they're not listening. They're not getting dressed. We're on this tight timeline. We got to go. We got to go. You know, and it gets like stressful. And then we get in the car. And if it's been a stressful morning, I say, does this feel good to anybody? Because it doesn't feel good to me. You know, how do you guys feel? No, it doesn't feel good, mama. Okay. Why don't we reset? What are we looking forward to today? What what is something we're excited to do today? What is something we're, we're excited or what friend are we excited to see today? To, to shift the energy into like a more positive place so that when I drop them off and I give them a hug and a kiss, that's not the last thing. That tension and that stress is not the last thing that they felt from me before we parted ways for the day. I want to, you know, I, I'm, yeah. and I'm very mindful of it. And, and also, you know, if I overreacted in the morning, cause I'm tired and I didn't have my coffee and, you know, I'm, I'm just exhausted and this, that, and the other, I will acknowledge, I'm sorry, you guys, I, like on the way to school. I'm sorry, you guys. I, I overreacted. I'm sorry. Let's start over. Tell me something you're looking forward to today. And I, I try to be so mindful of that, but I am very mindful of the energy I bring to them. And it, it does overlap because like I said, it's not a nine to five anymore. It's a 24 seven. So I could be home. It doesn't mean I'm not doing anything with the salon because the customer is upset and somebody doesn't know how to deal with it. And this one is upset and that doesn't like her nails. And, the, and I will say, also, that at the end of the day, as much money and time and heart and soul that I've poured into this, it's just nails. <laughs> it's just nails. So yes. I try to keep that perspective. And I tell my girls, my receptionists, hey, this person could be losing it and because they're so upset because this shape right here isn't what they asked for. And how dare we charge them $30 and this and that. And I respect it. And it's valid. But at the end of the day, leave it here because it's just nails and we can always fix it. We can always fix it. And you have to have some perspective also. Like it's not, we're not curing cancer here. This is just nails, you know, like it's come on, you know? 
So I, I try to keep that in the back of my mind also is just like, yes, all of this is important and I want to be successful and I want to do these things and I want to be this, that, and the other. And like, it's just nails. <laughs> That's so true. But it's also, you know, that, that comes right back to motherhood too, because it could be, you know, going to a soccer game or trying to get to school on time. Right. And obviously if it's a chronic problem, it's, it's yeah. horrible, but you know, if you're late one day, it's, it's just one day. We're just yeah. late, you know, it's not the reason to, to completely exactly. lose it on your kids or, you know, or like homework isn't done one night because whatever, it's just, it's just your homework. Like it's kindergarten. They're going to be okay. You know They'll what I mean? Okay. There's, right. You're right. There's, there's, right. 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 I mean, there's, there's certain times I, or like, you know, picking out clothes in the morning, you know, if they're not wearing, it's just, it, it, right. What are the big yeah. stuff that you really need to lean you and fix? And what are the ones that it's just nails, right? I do, right. I mean, again, it is your business and it's something that you poured your heart and soul into. So it is a big deal, but I really love that perspective of, of just kind of let's, let's put it in order. We're all healthy. We all mm -hmm. love each other a roof over our head we're showing up with respect and love let's just glide out of this but yeah rebooting exactly. is, is a good one that's that's a good mom tip too for sure yeah for definitely. sure okay so what is the best advice that you feel like you've ever gotten whether it was from I always think of it from like the grandma place of like the old yeah. wise grandma that makes you chocolate chip cookies and like gives yes. you the biggest hug. Cause that was who loved me the most was my grandma Beth was like, mm, you know, unconditional love. And I learned how to make her special cookies. So like from that place, it has there been a piece of advice that really has worked well for you that you feel that you could pass on. It might help another mom. So I don't know if it's advice as much as my mother-in-law has stories for days. Okay. And I love listening to her stories and we spend such good time together. She's very easy to talk to. She has so many stories about my husband growing up and just the divorce. And the, I mean, she just shares everything. She has such an open heart. And what, she, what I, what stays with me always is how she's very free spirited. And whereas his, my father-in-law was a little bit more strict and more disciplined, kind of similar to how he described my mom. So we always talk about those kind of parallels and everything. Whereas my dad was a hippie, free spirit. So there's this interesting parallel here, but she shares so many stories and she shares how, how she parented them and how it was different than how their dad did. And what always sticks with me is like how, and she didn't say the specific words, but what I took away from it was like how she respected them as individuals and let, yes. and, and guided them as opposed to hit them over the head with the rules. You know, it was like a guidance. It was a gentle guidance that she would provide to them as they grew up so that they were able to make their own decision, but she planted a seed that made them think about the consequence. And it's so brilliant and it's so subtle the way that she did it. And, you know, she tells me how she, you know, for my husband coming up, you know, teenage boy and how she yeah. said to him, look. As you start to explore things and, you know, girls are going to like you, you're tall and you're handsome and this and all these things. And he was an athlete and all these things. She says, just remember, if you get one of them pregnant, you're stuck with them forever. Just going to just, and she left it at that. Yeah. And he, she, she tells the story that he came home one day after a party, you know, partying all night, comes home 
And he goes to her room and he's pissed. And he was like, I couldn't get you out of my head. This girl, they're just giving it away. <laughs> they're just giving it away. And I couldn't do it. And it's because, and she's, she, and she tells me, she's like, oh my God, oh my God. <laughs> because yeah. you don't know. You don't know once you let them out of the house and they start to kind of establish their independence and they drive and the this and the that. And it just stuck with me, not that story in particular, but how she was so gentle with her guidance as opposed to like, uh, 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 don't do it this way. Don't do it that way, which just pushes them away even more. And right. I just found it brilliant the way that she did that. You I know? completely it stuck with me. I so call much. it your woman. That's how I, so my kids are older. They're 19 and 22. And I know for a fact that everything you say to your kids now is the voice in their head when they yes. get older. Yes. And so I hear it differently with my two kids where my daughter's like, oh, you're the voice in my head. I always hear you when I'm doing blah, blah, blah. And I said, I said, okay, but was it good advice? Like, did it no, help right. you? Yes. And I'm like, yep. Okay. So there you go. Or like, you know, my son will, will be like, yeah, I could hear you in my head. And I knew I wasn't supposed to do it, yep. but I decided, and I said, but at least I'm there. Right. And at least, cause it is, it's just this little like, earworm that kind of goes in yep. there and it just kind of, but for like your little ones, it's, it means you really do have to be more purposeful with what you say, because I love you so much. And no matter right who you are or whatever you do, I, that, that will stick with them. They know that that's in their ear. And then, like you said, like you also have to know them so well so that mm -hmm. you know, kind of how to plant that ear. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> like what advice that specific kid needs mm -hmm. so that they don't go up, you know, be those bumpers as you're playing bowling, right? You have the bumpers up. You need to just make sure. And some of them are the kind that would just throw the bowling ball hard and some like do it really gently. And yep. so they each need a little bit different advice. Yeah. yeah. So you have to know your kid first to know what way to go. But yeah, no, that's absolutely right. I know I get that all the time. Oh my God, mom, I heard you in my head. <laughs> okay. But how did you do? How did it turn out? Right. Right. Yeah, no, you know, and I'm I like, that's that. fine. And yeah. even in an extension of that is that your voice and how you speak to them becomes their voice and how they speak to themselves. That's correct. Which that's right. You know, changes the game when you think of it that way, because you're like, Oh my God, I don't want them to, berate themselves yeah. themselves when they make a mistake, you know, because I'm getting upset because they did, you know what I mean? So it, I catch yes. myself and I'm like, Oh, okay. <laughs> I got to be careful. Cause that's the voice they're going to carry with them and how they treat exactly. themselves. And you want it to just be the most loving, mm -hmm. helpful, you know, listen to your own gut. Cause you always know what's best for you. You know what I mean? Yes. You just want it to be ugh, all those things. Yes. Your time. Thank you so much. We have one more question before I let you go, yes. but this has been amazing. And like we said, I think we said this before we started, this was supposed to be about how to be a successful working mom. That's how <laughs> they always start. And then they always veer in exactly where they needed to go. So yeah. thank you for tied with me because your advice has been really wonderful. So I really appreciate thank you. you. Thank so you for much. having me. Of course. So last one is a favorite memory a time like you were saying before of, of being in your backyard and looking at the moon or being in COVID and having your, your picnic out back, you know, being a working mom myself for a while. I, I was a teacher. Well, I still am a teacher. I don't know what to say was, but I worked at the same school that my kids went to for a little while. Oh, so my kids yeah. were in kindergarten and third grade, and I was the music teacher at that school. And so my little memory that I'll share just to put it in the right framework yeah. is we would get in the car 
to drive home after school, the three of us, because we'd all gone to the same school. And so we'd take turns of who got to pick what song it was and just sing at the absolute top of our lungs. Like open all the windows yes. and like, today, Tristan, it's your turn. What are we playing? And so my son always had the same song. But we all knew he loved it. Awesome. Turn it on and just like sing and dance the entire way home and just Aww. be in this like. I love that. Now, yeah. So, so oh. do you have favorite or a moment that was just like, mm, I love being a mom, a yes mama that, you know, you just yes. loved. Okay. I have two, if I may share, because okay. one involves just my daughter. So we have this little sassy, little beautiful girl that just, oh my Honor. God, she's just like, just this, oh my gosh, she's just so much spirit and, and so much beauty and just so smart and all these things. Right. But we have our I like to call we joust, you know, we joust, we go back and forth. Okay. Okay. And we'll catch each other's eyes and she'll walk straight up to me and put her nose on my nose like this, like, and then we just start cracking up and laughing and hugging and kissing. But we, we meet right here. I mean, her forehead is on my forehead and we just stand like, it's almost like a stare down, but we're laugh. It's lighthearted. And we just look at each other. And then we go like this and we go back and forth and then we just start kissing and hugging and loving. And it's, I, though, I don't know what it is except the touch and like mm-hmm. how silly she's being in that moment and that she's causing me to be silly in that moment. And we just, we just break out laughing and it's so cute. And she does it to me quite often and it makes me laugh and it just makes my heart so, so full when she does that. And what a strong connection, you know, just like hold that eye contact and bring it in close. There's, there's a Maori thing like that where you touch noses mm-hmm. there, there's a bunch of really indigenous people that do that same kind of thing so you should actually look it up we'll, we'll have to look it I up but that just that the forehead to nose and being that close and that comfortable so that actually just speaks to how close you guys are yes. and how much she loves you. oh yeah. yeah that's yes okay and, what's the second one and that's then the other one, one is because, you know, everything's in real time. It's not in the past yet because I'm still I still have all of these little things that I share with them because they're so little and they're so cute. But, you know, I in the morning, I think for the most part, moms tend to be like disciplinarian and like scheduler and this. And that. I mean, just keeping everybody on task at all times. OK, so I wake up and I'm like, let's go lunch, close, da, 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 da. But what I always try to do is infuse humor in what I'm what I'm saying to, to lighten up the tension a little bit so it doesn't get like too much. And I just and so what did I do last week where I I was like, all right, we got to go. Da, 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 da. And all of a sudden I cracked a joke like I don't even remember what I said, but I tease my husband. I like to I like to to tease him, too, when I'm saying something and, and, and kind of poke him a little bit. And the kids started busting up laughing. And it broke the tension because, I mean, I don't say it with a smile on my face. I'm very, like, like I'm very serious. But then I, I add extras to it to see if I can get them to laugh. And I'm kind of silly yeah. with it. And then they started busting up laughing. And then my husband's like, oh, you really like that one, huh? And they're laughing and laughing. And, the, and then I said, and then uh, my husband says, Blake thinks, my daughter, Blake thinks you're so funny. You guys have the same sense of humor. And I said, oh, my gosh, you think I'm funny? And they, they both, they're like, yeah, mama, you're so funny. And I don't know why that just warms my heart because I feel like I'm the bad guy sometimes and I'm so tough and I'm so like, go, go, go. And so when I can infuse some humor to just like lighten the situation and make them laugh, it's kind of like I feel like I've accomplished something if I can, if I can make them silly laugh. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it just, it's just like a soft spot in my heart. So. Yeah, no, for sure. And just even thinking about like in your home and those four walls that everyone's in there laughing together. 
right? Yeah. I don't even care what the joke was or where, but like just that we were all had that togetherness, that community of just cracking up. And yeah. and you are still in it with the kids. Obviously, I'll we're all in it forever. It doesn't ever yeah. end, you know, no matter how right, old right. they get, we don't get to stop or want to stop. But it it hopefully also for you and for all the moms listening to notice when those moments happen, right? Or even create some, maybe have a backyard picnic this Saturday, if it's not going to be pouring in LA, <laughs> you know, go camping yes. or right to actually create some of those memories. And oh my gosh, wasn't it fun when we blah, blah, blah. That was such a good, let's do that again. Right. Mm-hmm. And really when you are in it and when you do have the da 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 moments of all the things you have to do and soccer games and birthday parties and all that craziness of being yeah. in the, the age that you are to, to build in some of that, that time that really feeds everybody, you know, because I know that your kids, when you get older, you know, if this was a time capsule or whatever, and they hear that they're going to be like, Oh my gosh, I remember that mom would yeah. do the stupidest thing. We yeah. cracked up. And so it is a shared memory. It's a core memory of just right. laughing, you know, before school. So, and even uh, better if it's, so- if it's about dad, it makes it even better <laughs> because then we can all laugh at dad and he's just like, all right, all right. I mean, he laughs along too. He, he's a, he can take a joke, but we like to tease dad. Yeah. So yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, you are doing such a great job, Mama, and thank you so much thank you. for all you do at the studio. We'll come visit you at Bella Cures in Westlake and Northern Los Angeles, and um, you know, just showing up as your best self and doing all that self-help to make yourself better and meditation, everything you're doing to bring joy to your kids so that they can bring joy out to the world is yes. you are seen, and I appreciate you so much, so thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I love this conversation. I really appreciate it, and Thank you for asking those questions because it really made me think about it. And to your point, making sure that I create more of those memories so that if we have another conversation, I can share more of those with you. We'll have you back on for sure. Thanks so much. Okay. Thank you. I'll see you soon. What a great episode. Thank you, Yes Mamas, for being here. Please leave a review if you can um, or share this episode with a friend because it just helps to kind of get the word out. This is just a podcast where I have moms on who I believe are doing wonderful things and I just want to share it as much as possible. So thank you and thank you for sharing out. And May is Empowered Me Month. It is a full month of women who have gone through tragedy and come out the other side. A PhD in radical self-care, a woman who survived breast cancer, someone who talks with me about narcissism, someone who has survived the greatest tragedy a mom could survive, and that is the loss of her child, and has come out on the other side strong. So please join us for the month of May. These talks are so powerful. I know you're going to get something out of them. And again, I'm just so grateful you're here because I believe the best way to love kids well is by being our best self. So know that I love you so much, and I hope that you go home and you love on those kids. Thanks. Bye, everybody.